Work equation part two, consumption. So, let's recap from part one, which is also available as a podcast if you missed it. Wealth is what you have left after you have consumed your income. In part one, we looked at the income component. I debunked some of the myths around passive income, and also emphasized that the working world is changing and is not cool to be clueless, especially when it comes to technology. If you don't keep learning and making yourself relevant, you're going to come short. Nobody wants the money to run out before they do. You might not want to hear it, but it is the consumption component of the world where you can make the biggest difference, and most of it immediately. No point in scrapping around to reduce the fees on your investment if you're living large and beyond your means. Making that few basis point savings on your investments fade into insignificance. Most of our spending is a result of years of habits. Some of those habits or perceptions about money were laid in childhood. If you really want to make a difference to your wealth mindset, you need to let go of blaming everyone else for your behavior and own it. Sure, you might not have been set the best example in the world. Your parents might not have been able to afford the best education. But as soon as you're an adult and have control over your own money, it's time to stop blaming your parents or teachers and claw back that power. There are so many resources out there, including this one, that can help you do that. Irrespective of what you earn, you should know, almost on a daily basis, what money is coming in, and what is going out, and where. Fortunately, there is an app for that. If you gave a huge sigh of frustration at that comment, perhaps you need to go back to part one. It is not cool to be clueless. Embrace technology and not demonize it because you're too lazy to learn. I know that's harsh and not politically correct, but more than ever, simple apps will save you massive amounts of time. The app I like best for this daily money management is called 227-22-SEVEN, which is free on Play Store and iSteam. It is also made locally. Why? It pulls all your transactions from all your accounts and most of your investments. You can then decide on your own categories. Once this has done, all the transactions from that place, say pick and pay or builders warehouse, will go into that category, making it even easier. You can set limits for each of the categories. After a couple of weeks, it's very clear where your weak points are. If you rarely look at your bank statement, then you might find long forgotten debit orders as well. It is those day-to-day expenses accumulated over years that erode your wealth. If you haven't done so already, make sure that all your Medicaid, short-term insurance, life policies, etc. are competitively priced and have met your expectations in terms of benefits. Although the accumulation of small expenses add up, it is the big-ticket decisions that can really sabotage your long-term wealth. Basically, houses and cars. Yes, these are the outward trappings of your perceived wealth, and so, more than anything else, is wrapped up in your ego. You want to be wealthy? Get over yourself. Look at the spending habits of Buffett and Gates and J.K. Rowling. Emulate them rather than some of our homegrown public servants. Moving house often is one of the worst things you can do for your wealth, second only to owning a holiday home. Let's look at property ownership as a consumption item. The home you live in is not an investment, it is a dead asset or a lifestyle asset. Ditto your holiday home. It isn't producing a decent income at least 52 weeks of the year, including all the holidays when you can get a premium on your rent. Then you're wasting that investment. To add insult to injury, your holiday home slash game farm 
get almost no CGT points rich over time and wipe chunks of any capital appreciation of that value. Do yourself a favour. Work out how much you would get if you invested it instead. Now, take the income you earn from it, if any, and subtract all the costs like rates or insurance, maintenance or agent fees. What return are you getting? Is it negative maybe? What sort of holiday could you buy with a return on investment if you didn't own it but invested the capital? The results might surprise you. Apologise up front to any real estate agents that are listening to this, but one of the best decisions you can make is never to move house. Yes, never. When you choose a house, find one that will serve your future needs indefinitely. Does it really matter which suburb you live in? Sure. There might be school district considerations. But the reality of essay education is that investment in private education is likely to be the only way forward anyway. The biggest problem in moving house is the costs associated with it. Estate agents fees of 3 to 7% and transfer duty that can be as high as 11% is just the start. There are also moving costs, conveyancing costs, bond registration fees. All of these can add up to 15% of the purchase price. I've written about this topic in depth in my blogs, so I'm not going to belabor the point here. Just consider this. If you've taken 15% of the value out of your asset, it needs to grow 17.6% just to get back to the original value. That's going to take three years, and you'll be on the back foot because the market is still ahead of you. If you have to sell, do it yourself. My blog goes into how to do this in a lot more detail. A real estate agent is one of those careers that is under threat from technology. There are just no secrets anymore. You can find out exactly what the houses in the area around you sold for and get a professional showhouse person if you don't want to do it yourself. Websites are replacing print advertising and contracts are also available online or from a conveyancing attorney. Cars are the other major expense item that can add your wealth accumulation. So, so what if it's out of motor plan? Buy another motor plan or shop around for servants. Quality does not have to be compromised. Again, it boils down to ego. A car is not even a lifestyle asset. It is, a, it is an expense, pure and simple. Every time you change a car, the habit is going to become more ingrained. Here's a thought. Postpone house and car decisions if it hurts too much to fight your instinct. Give yourself six months and then nine months and so on. Don't go house hunting or test driving until that time is up, and even then, push it up. Changing behavior is painful. Be easy on yourself by taking baby steps, but more than anything else, be aware of your wealth every single day. If you can get the same pleasure at watching those positive balances grow and shifting spare money into an investment instead of spending it, you're winning. Action. Take control over your expenses. Know where all your hard-earned money is going every day and how your wealth is accumulating. Get into the habit of slipping money into investments all the time. If your bank doesn't make that easy, find one that does. That's all from me today. Look out for part three in this series coming to you soon. Over and out.